Well, good morning and welcome to Luke 418. We are so glad that you have joined us for worship this morning. A couple of announcements as we begin uh, tomorrow. We are going to begin our 21 days of prayer and fasting. The worship center will be open from 12 to 1. You're invited to come and be here together to pray. If you can't be in this room, you can pray wherever you are. Brother Dave is going to mention more about this uh, during the message today. Uh, but our, our time of prayer and fasting begins tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have a senior adult luncheon on January 18th, and it's going to be here at Luke 418. We're asking that everyone would bring $5 for lunch and bring a dessert. You can sign up for that in the lobby. It's very important that you sign up because of the, the meals that we're going we're gonna to provide. So if you could sign up, if you want to be part of our senior adult luncheon on January 18th, that would be great. We're also going to have Jasper leading in worship during that time, so that'll be a fun time for our senior adults. Not this, not today, but next Sunday, we're going to have an interest meeting. If you are interested in going to Alaska this summer uh, on, on mission, or if you're interested in going to South Asia in the fall, uh, particularly that's a ladies' trip, there's room for one guy on that trip, we're going to have an interest meeting immediately following worship next Sunday in this side room right here. So if you are interested in either of those trips, we would love for you to be part of that. Speaking of South Asia... We have a team that's going in February. There are four guys that are going. If you go to the Go table out in the lobby, there's a pic pictures of these four. We would love for you to make cards of encouragement. Uh, while they're on mission, they can open those cards. They can read those and know that their church family is praying for them while they are gone. There's instructions on how to do that. If you would pick up one of these on your way out, you've got a couple of weeks to write those cards, and that would be a huge blessing. If you want to write our missionaries, our partners, our IMB partners that are there year-round, I can get you those names as well, and we'll give you those cards so that they can uh, open those and be encouraged as well. This time we're going to turn our attention to the baptistry uh, for our baptism. Well, Happy New Year. What a wonderful way to begin baptism or begin the new year through baptism. And today we are just so excited that Liam Flagg is coming for Believer's Baptism. And what an honor. His dad is coming with him. And today his dad is actually going to do the baptism. You know, the scripture says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're all called to go and share the gospel. We're all called to baptize. And today, uh, William is here with his son, Liam. Over the last several months and even maybe over a year, Liam's had a lot of questions and has been on a journey with his dad and his mom and asking questions and, and learning the truth about Christ. And not too long ago, Liam prayed with his father, confessing Jesus Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And so, Liam, I ask you, amen. Amen. Liam, I ask you, is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Amen. It's upon your profession of faith, my brother, that your dad baptizes you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ unto death and raised to walk in newness of life. Amen. Amen. 
What an amazing way to begin 2024. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your mercy and your grace. Father, I thank you for just this incredible opportunity to experience baptism, to see Liam at such a young age, recognizing his need of a Savior and surrendering to you as Lord and Savior. Now, Father, I pray that he would grow in wisdom and stature and favor with you and with man. And Lord, that we would run alongside of him, not seeing him as the future of the church, but seeing him as part of the church right now. Now, Father, we love you, we praise you, and we give you all glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much for being here with us today. If you're a guest with us, we have a welcome card that's in the seat back pocket right in front of you. And if you fill that out and put it in one of our offering boxes at the back of the room, we'd love to give you a little bit more information about Luke 418 Fellowship. Uh, What an awesome way to, to start this morning. What an awesome God that would give us the opportunity to have a relationship with Him. Amen? Why don't you stand and greet someone around you uh, at Luke 418 Fellowship today as we begin to worship. Let's sing together. Let's sing holy, holy, holy.
Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Amen. That's why we worship. We worship a great God. We stand. We stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We bow down. We bow down and we worship Him now. How great, how awesome is He. And together we sing. Sing it out. Holy is the Lord, God Almighty. The earth is filled.
But I heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I am never alone. Let's just stop right there. One, one second. That is exactly what we just saw up there, right? That the Lord called out to Liam. And he answered. And his parents took him through all of those steps, right? To get him to where he knows that he knows that he knows that he is saved, that he is going to be with his father, his good, good father, and his savior forever. Isn't that something that we can celebrate together this morning? Amen. Yes. Well, let's sing that today. Let's sing, you're a good, good father. Let's sing it together. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. Yes. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Oh, and I. those good things you have for us to do. We thank you for grace. Oh, it's love so undeniable. Yes, I can hardly speak peace so unexplainable. I, I can hardly think as you call me. Deeper still as you call me, deeper still as you call me, deeper still into love, 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 you're a good, good father, it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you, amen, it's who I am. It's who I am. It's who 
Stephanie, would you lead us today? Glory and power be to you, the only. 
together. Father, we are in awe of you. Yes, we praise your name today. We know that you have been holy and will continue to be forever and ever. We thank you, Lord, and we approach your throne, Lord, saying that we are unclean and that you are the one that makes us clean. Lord, we know that you were holy and set apart so that you could be this perfect sacrifice. We thank you for Jesus him submitting to the Father's will and going to the cross is the perfect sacrifice, the holy sacrifice for us. And we know, Lord, there is one day where we will see your holiness and that you will return mightily to make all things new. And we will forever sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We're looking forward to that, Lord. And we're in awe of you today. You are a great God, and we serve you with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, getting to know you better each day, growing in you, abiding in you, and going in you to all the world. Amen. When I an awesome wonder consider all the worlds I hand 
awake I see the stars I hear the rolling thunder Thy power throughout The universe display Then sings my soul My Savior God to Thee How great Thou art How great Thou art Then sings my soul My Savior God to Thee How great Thou art How great Thou art And when I think That God His Son not sparing Sent Him to die I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin then sings my soul my savior God to thee how great thou art how great my soul, my Savior God, to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art, how great Thou art, when Christ shall come. With shout of acclamation and lead me home, what joy shall fill my heart, then I shall bow with humble adoration and there proclaim, my God, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to me, how great Thou art, how great Thou art, then sings my
Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, this morning in our time of singing in worship, because we're continuing in worship as we open God's Word, but in our singing time of worship today, we really focused in on the attributes of God, of who He is. Holy, 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 a good, good Father. How great Thou art. As we begin 2024, this is the first Sunday, believe it or not, I know it's the 7th, but it's the first Sunday of the year. My prayer is to share with you what the Lord's been putting on my heart for vision and direction for this year. Every year at the beginning of the year, I share a message that I like to entitle the State of the Church Address. Now, some of you all know that there's a State of the Union address, but I like to share kind of the state of the church. But instead of focusing just on where we've been, also sharing what the Lord's putting on our heart as we move forward in this year. This past year in 2023 has been a phenomenal year of uh, growth. Uh, We saw several who have come to join and be part of Luke 4.18. We saw some who came to know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior Uh, Even at the end of the year, the last Sunday that I preached, uh, we had one who came to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. We also had several who went home to be with the Lord. And we rejoice that they are eternally with Christ for all, all eternity. We saw multiple baptisms this year. We also saw the acquisition of 14.5 acres over here. Praise God. What an amazing uh, time six months ago that we saw uh, that we also saw our biggest or one of our biggest years of giving and to Joshua I can't tell you how thankful I am for over half a million dollars given to Joshua this year amen we had multiple mission opportunities from uh, Alaska a couple times we had New Orleans and then uh, towards the end of 2022 we also saw some other uh, South Asia and others. But to kind of recap this year, what we've done is we have put together a video. I want you to watch this video just to give you a recap of 2023.
2023, and I look forward to all that God is going to do in 2024. Today, if you have your Bibles, and I hope that you do, open up to one of my favorite passages, Isaiah 6. Isaiah 6, verses 1 through 8. It's one that many of us have uh, at least memorized in part, uh, as Isaiah has an encounter with the Lord. The scripture says in Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, it says, In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The foundations of the threshold trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, woe is me for I am ruined because I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. 
For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal in his hand, which he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this touched your lips and your iniquity is taken away from away and your sin is forgiven. Then I heard the voice of the Lord say, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for all that you did in 2023. And all that you're going to do in 2024. Father, I pray that as we open your word today, that you will just continue to open our eyes and our heart to understand that which you are speaking and that we would place this into our life. Father, we love you and praise you. We ask the Holy Spirit to speak today. It's in your holy name. Amen. As we look at this passage, the Lord has brought me back to this passage. It's one that I even mentioned uh, on December 24th, on Christmas Eve. But this passage to me is one of the clearest views and one of the greatest understandings of the greatness of God. Now, when we look at this passage, my prayer for us in 2024 is that we have a proper view of God. Let me just say that again. That we have a proper view of God. When we have a proper view of God, we will have a proper response to who He is. So today we're going to look at these two things. A proper view of God and a proper response to God. As I said in this passage, it's one of the clearest views and, and understandings of the greatness of God. But we must also understand that in this passage, God is using our language to reveal to us a portion of who he is. If God spoke in his language, we would not be able to comprehend. And that being said, God is not confined to our simple language. No language in the world has words grand enough or big enough or adequate to speak of God's holiness. In his love for you and his love for me, God has allowed the human language to reveal a portion of who he is. So when we look at this passage, when we open up Isaiah 6, I want you to understand we're simply scratching the surface of how amazing and how big and how grand and how awesome God is. So what do we see in this passage about God? The first thing I want us to recognize is that he is lofty and exalted. This means that he is the, the highest or higher up in, in rank and character and status. It reminds me of Philippians 2, where he says that Jesus will have the name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We see that he is lofty and exalted, but then we see also his glory. We see the brightness and the purity of who he is. In verse 2, it says this, The seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two wings, they covered their, their face. With two wings, they covered their face. Why? Because God's purity, his brightness, his holiness is such that looking upon it would bring about 
death. This is confirmed with Moses and his encounter with God on the mountain. You may remember Exodus 33, verses 18 through 23. Moses said, show me your glory. And he said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I will be gracious to whom I'll be gracious and show compassion on whom I'll show compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no man can see my face and live. And the Lord said to him, behold, there's a place by me that you shall stand there on the rock and it will come about while my glory is passing by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take my hand away and you shall see my back, but my face you shall not see. God is telling Moses that God's glory is so great that gazing upon his glory would bring death, but that he would allow him to see as most theologians theologians believe that it's the shadow of his glory as it passes by. You know, there is an example that we can fully grasp And that is this. How many of you look at the noon sun? Nobody. But we know that the sun is there by how? We can see the effects of it all around us. Even through the window right now, it's bright outside because of the sun. We can feel the warmth and the effects of the sun. On a day like today, you don't want to be in the shade. You want to be in the sun. Why? Because it's cold outside. For some of you, you've fully experienced the effects of the sun by being in it too long. And we get sunburnt. Church, we can feel the effects and see the effects of the sun, but we can't gaze upon the sun constantly. Because if we do, what will happen? But we will be blinded. We'll not be able to see. God's glory in some sense is like this example. We can see the effects of God's glory all over the world. But we cannot look upon it or at least we would die. We never look directly at the sun, but the effects are seen. Some of you may say, well, well David, I'm, I'm struggling just a little bit here because didn't Isaiah look upon the glory of God? Well, when we, when we look at this, the theologians and, and all the different commentaries say that it was this symbol of his presence, this idea of, and here's one of those $20 words, right? Anthropomorphism. Let me say that again, anthropomorphism. And what that is is a term that is showing that that God takes on the form of man. Like it's a term that uses different parts of man to give an explanation to God. But we must recognize that that's not simply who God is. He's greater than all of that. And so when you say, you know, God has a hand or an arm or there's parts to him, we recognize that we are placing our human language, our understanding upon him, but we must recognize God is spirit and he is greater than all that we could ever, ever imagine. But can I tell you that this is why the birth of Jesus is so important? This is why what we celebrated on December 25th is so incredible to me. Think about this for just one moment. John 14, 9 says this. I believe they have it in the back. John 14, verse 9. 
It says, Jesus said to them, I have been so long, oh, I'm sorry, 14.9. I have been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip. He who has seen me has seen the Father. He who has seen me has seen the Father. Why? The glory of God was veiled through human flesh so that when we looked upon Jesus, we were able to see the Father. Church, this is what the the, the, the celebration of Jesus coming in, in the flesh and born of a child, of an infant, of a baby. For us, that the glory of God veiled in human flesh. This is why this is so important. And God is so glorious. He's so big. He's so mighty. He's so bright. He's so pure that the seraphims who are in heaven are covering their face before him. And then what do they cry out? They cry out, holy, holy, holy. This is one of the most difficult attributes for us to fully understand And I would venture to say we can't fully understand it. It is who God is. He's holy, which means set apart. It means commanding respect. Let me remind you that I shared that the human language cannot even grasp the greatness of God. So God is so holy that that all we can say is holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. That's all we can say. But yet he is even greater than that. It doesn't even scratch the surface of who he is. This idea of God being uh, thrice holy is spoken in Isaiah 6. It's also spoken in Revelation chapter 4. We just sing about it. Holy, holy, holy. It's spoken in the Old Testament And it's also spoken in the New Testament. In this, it is referring that the same, that the the God of the Old Testament is the same of the New. In both references, the heavenly beings are covering their face before His holiness. This speaks of the triune God. Holy, holy, holy. We know that God is holy. He speaks it all throughout the scriptures. In Acts chapter 3 verse 14, uh, the apostles speak of Jesus being the holy and righteous one. And the Holy Spirit simply by his name states that he is holy. Church, do we recognize that a proper view of God, that we see that he is high and lifted up. We see that his glory shines that we can't even look upon because it's so glorious, that He is holy, holy, holy set apart. When we think about our view and understanding of God, do we also see, as it says in verse 3, that the whole earth is full of His glory? Or in the actual uh, Hebrew, it is the fullness of the earth is His glory. Psalm 72, verse 19. And blessed be his glorious name forever, and may the whole earth be filled with his glory. Now let me just remind you, as I talked about the sun, and you feel the effects, the glory of God is seen all in creation. Why? Because God is the one who spoke creation into existence. If the creator has an attribute of glory, then his creation will too have some of that resemblance, right? 
that's the reason why it says that we, each of us, were created in his image, right? So what we see is that the, the whole earth is filled. His creation is full of his glory. Now, I love this because to me, you know, when you read this passage, you see in verse 4 that the foundations and the thresholds here were shaken when the seraphim speak. When the seraphim say that he is holy, 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 in verse 4 it says that the thresholds shake. Now here's what's really cool to me. If the thresholds shake when the seraphim speak, what happens when, when God speaks? Nahum, verses 1 through 5, says, The mountains quake before him, and the hills dissolve. Indeed, the earth is upheaved in his presence, the world and all the inhabitants in it. You want to talk about a big, amazing, awesome, holy, glorious God? The mountains. Remember the pictures I showed you from my sabbatical this summer where I went out to the Great Teton, the Grand Tetons? The mountains shake and quake in his presence when he speaks. Not only that, but what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus spoke? It says this in John chapter 8, verses 4 through 6. They came and they said, where is he? It's 18. I'm sorry, I gave you the wrong number back there. It says, where is he? And Jesus said, whom do you speak or who do you seek? And they answered him and he said, Jesus the Nazarene. And he said to them, I am he. And then it says, when he said this, they all drew back and fell to the ground. You want to know how big and how awesome and how holy and how great and how mighty our God is? That when he speaks, the mountains tremble. And when Jesus said, I am he, creation fell. Fell on their face. Why? Because he is truly holy. Can we stop for just a moment and just acknowledge that we serve an awesome, all-powerful God. You know, my prayer for us this year and today and, and each day is that we would grow in our understanding of who God is. Because I promise you that the more that you have a proper view of God, the less all this stuff in this world will really matter to you. A true proper view of God changes how you view your circumstances. A true proper view of God changes your motivation for what you are doing. We're going to talk here in a moment about growth and going. A proper view of God keeps you from being legalistic in your actions. Because a proper view of God brings you to a place of humility before Him. When we truly know Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we truly know God intimately, what happens? But the same thing that happened to Isaiah, woe is me, I am ruined. Woe is me, I am ruined. There is no other response that we can give to the glory and the holiness of who God is. He says, woe is me. That word ruined actually means Woe is me, I am or I will be destroyed. Why? Because we're sinful. Why? 
Because we've been separated. Why? Because we have gone in our own path. Why? Because we have stepped away, pushed away from the gloriness of God, and we have tried to do things in our own power and our own strength. A true knowing Christ intimately and personally will bring you to a place of humility before Him, falling on your face and saying, Woe is me. I remember when I was in college, there was a saying going around. Y'all may have heard this. You may think I'm crazy, but there was a saying going around that said, Jesus is my homeboy. And I'm here to tell you, as interesting as that saying, that saying was kind of going around just as much as the WWJD bracelets. But I'm here to tell you that if Jesus walked in this room in all of his glory and holiness, it wouldn't be, hey, Jesus, what's up? We'd be falling on our face. So my question is this. In 2024, will you fall on your face as you have a proper view of who he is? But then I want us to look at what is the proper response. As we see God and his holiness and his greatness and his high and lifted up and, and, and all that we have seen, what is our response? I believe that our response is just like Isaiah or it must be like Isaiah's response. And that is to be real and to be transparent before God. He says, woe is me. But then he says this, I'm a man of unclean lips. In this moment, every bit of his life was exposed before the glory of God. Every bit of his life Every fault, every sin, every struggle, every bit. This is why he says, woe is me. Church, everything is exposed, highlighted. It's ever before us when we truly come into an understanding of who God is. The question is then, will we be real and will we be transparent before God. Psalm 139 tells us that he knows us better than we know ourselves. You know, we try to, to hide things from God. We try to uh, fix things and all this stuff. And, and God already knows every bit of it. He sees all. Our hearts are completely bare before him. The scripture speaks of that. Even the scripture says that it's sharper than a two-edged sword and that all things are bare before him. All things. Church, is our response before God to be real and transparent? In doing so, God does something amazing. He allows the seraphim to fly over and to touch the coals to the lips of Isaiah. By being humbled before his presence and being real in his transgressions, the seraphim comes over, touches his lips, and he says that your sin has been forgiven. It says your iniquity has been taken away. 
what we see here is that when Isaiah sees the proper view of God, he has humility. He falls on his face before God. He's real and transparent. And then we see spiritual growth in Isaiah. What is the spiritual growth? It's that sanctification process that takes place through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the removal of the flesh. As Isaiah sees this through the coal being touched to his lips. Can you imagine how painful the process of a coal touching your lips? When I was in youth ministry, there was a kid, this was up in Illinois. And we had a kid that was roasting a marshmallow and, and it caught on fire. And he was like, I need to blow it out. Only problem is, is when he went to blow it out, he went too far. And you know, it's not just the fire on the marshmallow. Did you know that marshmallows melt? And you know what happens when something melts and then it touches something? It sticks to it. It's the only time in youth ministry that I didn't get on to him when a word came out of his mouth that didn't need to come out of his mouth. Later, he realized it and, and, and he dealt with that. But I've never seen somebody jump up and down like, like this kid was. I was like, man, are you okay? Are you okay? And he had like roasting marshmallow. It's like, that marshmallow don't taste so good, does it? He goes, no, that was painful. Church, do we realize that the sanctification process, the burning away of the flesh, the removal of the flesh, it's this painful process. But as Matthew pointed out last week in the book of Hebrews, it yields the fruit of righteousness. You know, I, I, as I was listening to Matthew preach last Sunday and sharing through the book of Hebrews, I thought to myself, you know, he shared in a great way how discipline from a parent to a child is painful. And I began to think, the older that we get, the more we look at our parents as, hey, we're now adults, right? So treat me as an adult, right? You, you don't expect your parent to go put you in time out, right? At almost 40 years old in June, you don't expect your parents to say, hey, hey, hey David, you're gonna, you need to go to time out for two hours. But isn't it interesting that I think that we take that same idea of as we grow up and we mature and we get out of the house and we're independent and all these things that we begin to apply that to God. And we begin to say, God, treat me as an adult now. Like, I don't need that kind of discipline. Like, no, like, well, but God calls us to come like what? Children. God is disciplining us out of his love for us, as Matthew shared last week. And even at 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years old, God is still saying, come to me like a child, and I'm going to continue to, through the sanctification process of the Holy Spirit, grow you daily. Church, are we willing to have the same response as Isaiah had? Humility, transparency, so that the growth may take place in our life. In Luke 4.18, one of our vision is, or our vision is know Christ intimately, grow in Christ daily. My prayer in 2024 is that we would grow daily in Christ. And let me just be very careful to say this. I'm not talking about knowledge. I'm talking about growing as a born-again believer, 
allowing the knowledge and understanding to impact your life. Faith without works is dead. And I'm going to mess this quote up. Richard, you can help me. We're not called to sit, soak, and sour. We're called to sit, soak, and serve. Did I get it right? Too often we find ourselves getting all this knowledge, and then we say, well, the way that I can serve is by passing my knowledge to somebody else. But the way you can serve is by letting that knowledge transform your heart and your life, and other people will learn by watching your life, not simply by being lectured. Church, will we grow this year in the way that we, in Christ, by the way we serve? You know, last November, as in a year ago, 2022, I went to South Asia. It just radically changed my life in a lot of ways. And one of the things that I noticed there is that they don't have the knowledge, but they're really effective for the gospel. They are passionate. They want everyone around them to know what's changed their life. And there's some words that if you used over there, they'd say, what in the world are you talking about? But can I tell you, they know that Jesus has saved their soul. May we grow in 2024 on an individual level. May we spend personal time in the word. May we spend time in prayer. May we spend time in fasting. And may we spend time in meditation on God's word. But what I love also in Isaiah is that he doesn't just speak about his lips being cleansed. He doesn't just simply talk about he is a man of unclean lips. But he speaks of all the people. Growth is not simply an individual but a corporate level together. We're called to grow together at Luke 4.18. That's in life groups, community groups. That's one-to-one discipleship, like a Paul-Timothy relationship, bringing somebody under your wing and continuing to allow them to walk with you, not just telling them what to do, but walk with you through life. Can I tell you that a Paul and Timothy relationship requires the Timothy to be teachable, and it requires the Paul to be humble. Because can I tell you that every person who's been, have ever experienced a Paul-Timothy relationship, that person, that Paul in their life, the older one, the more mature one, the one that's walking with the Lord longer, that person, that Paul, has gained just as much as the Timothy has if they're humble. Because they recognize that anything good that comes through them is God. And they grow through it themselves. Church, I pray this year that you would recognize the importance of community, of life groups, and and being together. I recognize the time. I'm going to keep going, but because I can't do a state of the church next week, it's this week. So let me go on to my last point, and that is this. Not only does Isaiah grow, and we see that we grow individually through our time in the Word, through meditation, through fasting and prayer. We see that we grow corporately in life groups and community groups here at Luke 418 and also mentoring and discipling those around us, allowing them to walk through life with us. But not only that, but in verse 8 it says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And he said, Here am I. Here am I. Here's what I love about this. Isaiah does not speak until after the coals have touched his lip. 
Now he speaks in, in woe is me, but he does not acknowledge, speak to God until the lips have been touched with the coals. How often do we come before God and instead of starting by falling on our face and humbling ourselves, we're like, God, here's what I want. This is what I need. This is what you need to do. This is how you need to answer this prayer. Isaiah, woe is me. After his lips are touched and cleansed, he responds with what I believe is the only response. Here, my Lord, my life is yours. At Luke 4.18, may we go in Christ throughout the world. Now, there's three major factors here. One is within the church, right here. May we go, may we serve here. May every person have an opportunity to serve. Some of that is on us as leadership of opening up opportunities for people to serve. And some of it also is for people to say, hey, I want to serve. I want to be a part. I want to lead a life group. I want to be a part with the welcome team, the security team, be a deacon, serve in the children's ministry, serve in the youth ministry. Help us in the creation of a young adult ministry. We used to have one. I'm not young adult anymore. At least that's what they tell me. Church, we need each person to serve in many different ways here. You can serve as one who prays and fasts for our leadership. And for the church, the next 21 days, we're going to be in a time of prayer and fasting. Starting tomorrow, going to the 28th. I'm really excited on the 28th, the last day, weather permitting. Weather permitting, we're going to do something special. You probably saw it in the bulletin. But for the next 21 days of prayer and fasting, I'm asking that you would come alongside with us. That is you serving with the body of Christ. What the Lord's leading you to fast, that's between you and the Lord. You've got to seek the Lord on that. I'm not going to tell you that we're fasting for 21 days, don't eat. I'm going to say, seek the Lord. There's been times in fasting that, that I've fasted uh, from breakfast each day, from lunch each day, from dinner each day. There's times that I did a total fast. There's times that I have done from sun up to sundown. Listen, let the Lord lead you and guide you in that. But would you join us in prayer and fasting? There's multiple things I want you to pray over for, for God's just presence over this year, for God to give us guidance and clarity. There's many things, but there's one thing that I really ask that you would focus in on, and that is that God would give us direction and guidance on the land. It's been six, seven months now, and I know that I have not been able to share with you a master plan and it's because there's a lot of different things here and there. And I'm just going to humbly say, I need you to come alongside and pray with me over the next 21 days. Nothing's wrong over there. We're excited about it. There's great things happening. There's just so many different doors that we're asking the Lord to either shut doors or open doors to give us guidance on what to do. Would you join with us over these 21 days in prayer and fasting for the Lord to give us that direction. For the Lord to give us that understanding and clarity of how to move forward. Would you pray and fast that God would open up hearts in our community to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? Would you pray and fast that Luke 4.18 would look more like Jesus at the end of this year than it did at the beginning of the year? Would you pray and fast and ask God to bring new people who need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? Not only is it in our church... 
but we're called to go in our community. The verse, Luke 4.18, says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives to recovery as, and the recovery of the sight to the blind to set free those who are oppressed. Church, if we're going to live out Luke 4.18, then we must be going, not just any here, but outside these walls. We have multiple partnerships that we support every month. That you can go and be a part of. You don't have to wait for us to say, here's the date that you go. You can call these places. You can meet with Brother Randy. He can give you all the understanding of things that they need. Alabama Baptist Children's Home. Christian Medical Ministry of South Alabama. Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Home of Grace. Light of the Village. Mission of Hope. The uh, Pasco. Victory Health Partner. Women's Resource Center. Waterfront Rescue Mission. These are all local partnerships that we can serve in every month. One of my goals this year is to go and to serve throughout this year at different locations that we are partnering with. But then we're also called to serve and to go in the nation and the world. In the nation, we have Alaska coming up in June and July that you can be a part of. In the world, South Asia interest meeting coming up for at the end of the year. We have a team about to go in Zambia that's about to go. So many opportunities. But all of this must go back to a proper view of God. Everything that we do must go back to a proper view of His holiness, a proper view of His glory, a proper view of the fact that the whole world is filled with His glory. Because when we recognize that and we respond by humbling ourselves before God, when we respond by being vulnerable with God and with each other, when we respond by going, then we're going to go in His power and in His strength and not our own power and not our own strength. When you go serve here at Luke 4.18, it's in His power and in His strength. When you go serve locally, it's in His power and in His strength. When you go serve uh, in Alaska or in Zambia or in uh, South Asia, it must be in His power and in His strength. And we can only do that with a proper view of His glory, of who He is. And so church, as we begin 2024, my prayer is that throughout this year, we are reminded over and over and over of who God is. And that when we see that, that we respond accordingly as Isaiah did. That we would say, woe is me. That we would be vulnerable before Him. That we would grow in Christ. And that we would go in Christ Christ. 